All right, we are live. Welcome, everyone, to another weekly edition of our Wednesday interview session where I have the fortunate opportunity to get to interview agents and teams all across the country and learn about different markets. Today, I'm delighted to have Gusty Gulas out of Birmingham, which is a very popular market for a lot of investors, especially coming from the Bay Area. The name comes, the, the, the city comes up all the time. So I personally would love to uh, drill into that further. However, before we begin with the, sh the weekly show, if you're a renter or if you're looking to do a trade up, it's hard to argue a better time than it is right now. I mean, interest rates are at record lows and it's happening across the country. So when we go through these different market updates, you'll see like this is not just happening to the Bay Area as why people are moving. Um, this is happening across the board, but we are gonna learn a lot more about Birmingham specifically. So Gusty, welcome and thank you for joining us. Hey, well, thanks for having me. And uh, uh, you know, I look forward to uh, bringing some value to your, uh, to your contacts. So I uh, appreciate the invite. Wonderful. So why don't we get, why don't we take it, take it all the way back, right? Uh, how long have you been in the business and what did you actually do before real estate? Oh yeah. So I've been, I actually got my license in 06, so 14 years. And before I got my real estate license, I was in the mortgage business. So I did a couple of years in the mortgage business uh, after I graduated college. And, uh, you know, in 2006, uh, I was working for a subprime lender wow. and, um, you know, they kind of, you know, everything kind of hit the fan. Right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we were kind of forced into a new career because uh, the company I was at, uh, they shut down all retail operations across the country. So, you know, like, um, you know, like any good story, you know, you sometimes you don't make a choice of where you're going to go. You're kind of forced to make a choice. And, you know, luckily we were uh, in that position. And my mother-in-law is a realtor in Gadsden, which is about an hour northeast of here. And uh, she was like, you know, I called her up and I was like, hey, I just got laid off. Uh, what do I do? And uh, she's like, you know, you'll talk to anybody. So why don't you go get your real estate license? You know, it's kind of history since. That, that is really interesting. Now, actually, walk me a little bit of that of that time period because I, yeah. from what I remember, when I know it, it was crazy lucrative too. I yes. think, like, yeah. was it was it wild? I mean, was it wild when you're actually in there and where you're like, did it feel like it would end? No, it didn't wow. feel like it was going to end. Um, wow. You know, in 2006, we were subprime, so right. you know the um, we weren't you know. The, the mortgage company I was at, we mainly did a lot of refinances. Okay. And so, you know, the, the, the kind of the refinances, you know, were just kind of starting to go away and, you know, with, with our interest rates being a little bit higher by being a subprime lender, you know, it just kind of didn't, um, you know, just wasn't going in the right direction. And so, um, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely one of those things where, you know, we didn't really know that there was going to be an issue in our opinion, you know, we were, yeah, we were getting leads and we were calling them and seeing how we could benefit people and try to put them in a, a you know, a better situation. But, um, you know, we, I mean, our numbers were starting to go down a little bit, but, you know, we don't, we didn't realize that from a corporation standpoint, we were in a kind of a pickle. Interesting. But it was good because you did have a lot of the lending experience before you got into real estate. So what, how was that transition? Like, yeah. especially you were just getting started while things were starting to go down. How was that the first few years? Was it easier, harder than you thought it would be? You know, I mean, this this business is difficult. 
um, I think having the experience from the mortgage side of the business definitely helped because I could understand like the structure of how you can actually get a mortgage. Um, you know, what underwriters are looking at, how to overcome different, you know, financing obstacles. So I understood that. Right. So that experience has definitely come um, as a benefit as I've grown my real estate sales business. But, you know, in 06, you know, I've always been kind of a, uh, just, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. We've always worked hard. Um, the mortgage company I was at, we had to either call um, 150 people a day or get five applications a day. So, you know, we worked leads. Um, so, you know, kind of, you know, getting into a new business that, you know, um, going out there and cold calling people or going out there and, you know, working, you know, warm leads or whatever, it wasn't really a problem. Um, you know, but this business from the real estate side of things is, is very relationship based. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the good thing is I, I had some clientele that I'd work with that, you know, had houses. So I immediately had, you know, a database. And then not only as, you know, growing up and you meet people and through college, you're building friendships. Well, those friendships turn into a database. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was just, uh, you know, as soon as I got my real estate license, I, I just started, you know, making phone calls with folks. And, um, you know, that turned into, um, you know, good business. Um, I, I think within six months, I'd close three deals. And nice. then, and then the first five months of 20, uh, 2007 closed like 19, uh, homes. So, you know, I had to, you got to build a pipeline up. Mm -hmm. So it took a little bit of time, but you know, it's, um, you got to feed the pipeline and then it just kind of starts to roll after that. So we, I was the, um, for the company I was at where I started at, I was the rookie of the year. And then I was a finalist for the association, uh, uh of realtors rookie of the year. And, um, and that was, you know, uh, for my 2007 numbers and then 2008. Hit. Yeah. What, when did things, um, like what was your business like from 2008 to 2012? Like when did it actually recover in Birmingham and did you do like short sales foreclosures? Like what did you do during those years? We did a lot of foreclosures. Uh, I mean, 43% of our market back in 2010 was foreclosures. I mean, that's unreal. Um, I mean, our market now is less than 1% foreclosures. Um, right. So, I mean, it's a, it was a huge difference. Um, you know, I, I'll tell you, I went um, in 08, I went and started working at a rental company and helped open up their sales division. And uh, I'll tell you, I was uh, pretty fortunate to work in the rental industry because I helped people find different apartments and I got paid for it. Well, mm -hmm. guess what yeah. happened? Those people ended up buying houses. So I was nice. building, I was building a database of people that would eventually move up the path. And um, now 09 was definitely the, the uh, a difficult year. Um, but luckily, you know, I just kind of, and 09 is when I just said, Hey, this, I, this is what I'm doing for my career. I'm going all in. I'm not worried about everything. I'm just staying focused and I'm going to win. And uh, you know, luckily some relationships uh, worked out, some doors opened um, I got uh, got to work on the National Stabilization Project uh, grant, um, Na National Stabilization Grant Project, and we were able to help out some nonprofits locally acquire some foreclosure properties. And uh, I'll tell you, for my business, since 2010, I've been busy. Uh, 2010, right. I was at the largest real estate brokerage in our, in our market, and for the majority of that year, I was the number one agent. 
wow. and out of 850 agents. And um, I ended up that year, number two, I lost about one house. Uh, and, and, and the person that, that, that beat me was a, a foreclosure listing agent. So she had a little bit of advantage, but I only sure. lost by one, but that wow. just drove me. And, you know, I feel like I've always been just like one step ahead. Like I was early to Zillow. I was early to Trulia. Um, I started a team. I was early to start a team, but you know, the transition, I mean, you just kind of had to hold on, but it's, it's, it's the commitment to, to, lead generation and prospecting that allowed me to sustain and stay and make it a career. I think that is interesting. I mean, let, let's jump into that. Like what, uh, what advertising platforms do you use? Do you still use a Zillow and truly these, these sources? And you mentioned you were kind of early to it. So, you know, the cost per lead would, must've been lower at that time. Like yeah, much, uh, lower. <laughs> much lower. Much like, lower. Uh, what are you, did you implement any new things that maybe a lot of people don't know about right now? So, I mean, we still work with Zillow. I mean, we've been advertised. If I wasn't the first advertiser on Zillow in the Birmingham market, I was the second. Wow. Um, you know, so I've been advertising with them since 09. So that, that kind of gives you some uh, an idea of how long. Um, we were early to Trulia. You know, I mean, those two have merged. So, you know, we, we still work with those folks. Um, the, um, you know, as far as... I've always just been willing to try things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I consider myself a student of the industry. So mm-hmm. I'm watching, you know, what trends are going on. So, you know, I mean, we, we got into the foreclosures. Um, we were, you know, I was trying to work with local banks to say, Hey, you know, um, uh, let's, let's, let's try to, you know, sell your properties. And I've got, I've got a list of investors that are willing to look at stuff. And so we tapped into that market. Um, and uh, just try to stay like one step ahead. I think that's always been the one big thing that I've been really focused on is um, be proactive, be one step ahead. Don't let, you know, you're, you're going to understand that things are going to change. Market's going to change. But if you're always watching kind of what's going on, don't be, don't be afraid to take a chance and just be one step ahead. And, and, and luckily I've been, um, you know, on the forefront and I've picked it out really good things. Now, granted, everything that I picked hasn't been worked out, but the majority of stuff I have has worked pretty well. Very nice. So let's talk, let's learn a little bit about the local market itself. Okay. So like, what is the average price points and yeah. what are the economic drivers of what has changed since you've been there? Um, yeah. Because clearly the, there's, I think there's a lot more inflow for Birmingham in general. Like what's causing that? Yeah. So, um, our currently our average price points about two thirty five. Um, now granted a lot of, um, you know, inner city Birmingham, uh, you can still find properties under a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Um, one of the big things that I think is really special and unique is, um, we're 49th in terms of all the different States and property taxes. So property taxes are very affordable in Birmingham. And that's why a lot of people that decide to invest in the Birmingham market, because they just get, you know, quality returns on their investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is the property taxes, um, you know, with the, uh, with the introduction of opportunity zones, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Birmingham is an opportunity zone. So there's some significant uh, uh, plays for buying uh, you know, properties uh, here. And I think that people are going to see a, an accelerated appreciation. Um, but, you know, looking at the last 10 years, mm-hmm. the changes in our market, um, I would say 
10 years ago, we'll, we'll say 12 years ago, 2008, Birmingham really wasn't a cool place to live. Okay. Um, now, um, people want to be in Birmingham. Um, there's a lot going on. There's more activities going on. Um, I will tell you, one of the big things that changed in our market was an introduction of a park called Railroad Park. It was um, like 2009, 2010, introduced as one of the top new parks in the country. And what that did was it, it brought people a little bit closer into to downtown Birmingham. Well, then after that happened, we had some legislation pass about um, high-gravity beer. So what that ended up doing was it, it introduced breweries to our market. And oh. so then that attracted more people to come in and do some more things from an entertainment standpoint. We had one brewery locally that actually ended up transforming a whole neighborhood. And um, it was a kind of a, like an old, historic, beautiful neighborhood that was run down and mm-hmm. kind of forgotten about. And this brewery came in and, and, and basically re i mean brought its attention and they had a great story and and now it's a thriving entertainment district and community um so we ended up starting seeing you know some cool things happening and then i think part of it is also the affordability where we're about two and a half hours from atlanta we're about three hours from nashville well those markets have increased in value uh and, and kind of outpriced some of the young professionals so you know people can come in as a young professional in our market get a nice house, have a nice future and, and have an opportunity to grow. Um, so, you know, we've seen a lot of significant uh, growth in our market. We've got a super young mayor. He's 30, 39 years old, um, very progressive. Um, and he is, he's been really trying to help with a lot of change for the better in our market. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, but we're, we're kind of a, we're starting to become more of a technology town. Um, we had a company last year called Shipped that um, is either last year or two years ago sold to Target for about $550 million. And that has helped bring in people from a technology standpoint. And, and what we've seen is other companies have sprouted from that. You know, a lot of great minds have come here, started other technology pieces. And we've got a great, um, we've got uh, a place called Innovation Depot where it's, it's a great incubator, kind of like probably like Y Incubator in, in San Fran. We've got something that's called Innovation Depot in Birmingham. It, it, obviously, it's not uh, kind of world renowned like Y, but we've had people that were at Y have come to Innovation Depot. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So, I mean, we've seen technology grow. We've been a big banking town. Um, we're a big, uh, commercial construction town, um, big steel industry here. Um, so things like that. What's, what would you say is the top two employers in Birmingham? Like, yeah, you, you you one, that's the university of Alabama at Birmingham. And that's with our health system. We've got a health system and, uh, an education college, UAB. Blazers. Um, so that's number one. They're the number one largest in the state. Number two, Regions Bank. Regions Bank, their corporate headquarters is in uh, in the Birmingham market. And they, um, they they have a lot of folks that they employ. I don't know, necessarily know if they're number two, but I mean, they've got to be up there with, with their, their corporation. Interesting. And then where do you see most people come from? Is it from those different cities that you brought up or is it from further away? Like, so when people you work with or your team works with and say, hey, look, we're new to the area, um, number one, how do they decide on that? 
uh, as a, as a city to even choose? And then is it mostly from those other areas that are in a sense drivable? Yeah. I mean, typically, yes, it is. Um, you know, we're, we haven't really been a nationwide, you know, place where everybody, you know, people decide to come in and, you know, they, they, they've grown up in one place and they're like, Oh, we want to go to the big city. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Birmingham's really hadn't been on the map for that, but, um, you know, we have people that are all over Georgia, you know, the Southeast that, that do want to come here. And, um, you know, a lot of it is the affordability piece. And then, you know, with the jobs and, and, uh, Oh, the automotive industry is big here. We've got right. a Mercedes plant. We've got Honda, we've got Hyundai, we've got Nissan. So, you know, we, we're a big automotive. And so now you've seen a lot of, you know, the, the state of Alabama has given super, right. They've been super aggressive with incentives to bring a lot of these um, companies to town. And so that has attracted people on a global right. scale, which has been been beautiful to see. And it's allowed people to invest in our communities. So, you know, I mean, really, it's more of the southeast. But thinking about it, the automobile um, um, has brought on not only people from all over the country, but it's brought on other suppliers to be here as well. And then, you know, when you've got good jobs, guess right. what? People are going to travel and people are going to move. And, and so we've been we've been lucky and thankful for that. Yeah, I've actually been to the Mercedes plant before. Have you really? Yeah, oh, I, wow. I, had a, I had an actual tour inside. It was, it was really neat. It was really mm-hmm. cool. Now, here in the Bay Area, we have the Tesla factory, too, which is also oh, very Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like, the, I like the tour that. <laughs> yeah, but it's really, it was, either way, it was really cool to see because it, yeah. it is mostly automated. Um, it it's is. like 90% robots in a sense. So it's really interesting to see that. So, and then from an investor perspective, like mm-hmm. I, I know for sure a lot of Bay Area um, people yeah. invest there. Like, what kind of properties do they do you see them tend to buy? Is it the under the sub hundred? Is that too? I'll tell you, it's all over the board. It is all yeah. over the board. But think about it. I mean, can, right. you can't find. Uh, I, I was reading something. I think last week. I mean, I think what a parking space came on the market for a hundred thousand <laughs> in, in, in the Bay Area. I mean, probably. Uh, I, I mean, I really think that. I think that was the case. I, I mean, I read read something about it. But I mean, how, how many times do you see like even houses under five hundred thousand in your market? Do you see yeah. it very often? No, I mean the average giving idea is, is over a million dollars. But okay. yes, <laughs> all right. So 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 think yeah. about like. You can get a very nice home for $225,000, $250,000 that is appreciating, and you can get good rents on it. And so, and then you got low taxes. You can use that, you know, the investment of that to depreciate and right. help with your tax liabilities. And so we've seen it to where people will buy $50,000 houses, but we've, we've also seen it where people wanted to buy around the universities and bought a nice house because they know it's going to be a, a quality investment for years to come. Interesting. Can you walk some of the numbers if you have it? So like if somebody went at a sub hundred, like what kind of rent would that be? And if it was a, a standard 200, you know, obviously they're different yep. profiles of, of renters. Right. But what, what kind of rent figures are you looking at for those? Yeah. I mean, you can almost kind of think 500 a bedroom. So if it's a three, two, you're probably looking at 1500, depending on what it is. Um, now granted, um, you know, you've got, um, like I'm looking at, um, a property right now that's 175,000 and it's probably about a $1,500 rental. Okay. Um, so it's, it's going to depend, but I mean, you've got, um, depending on the, you know, it's location based. Right. Uh, so, uh, 
you know, this, uh, the, the 1% rule uh, does work in a lot of our, you know, places. So if you've got mm-hmm. folks that are like married to that 1% rule, we've got opportunities. That's interesting. And what you mentioned property taxes being low, is it a percentage of purchase price? Like how does that fact, how is that calculated? It, it depends on the location. Okay. Uh, does, there's, okay. there's a millage rate depending on the, the, the city, the municipality. So and what's like, a, like, like for yeah, example, um, you know, if it's, um, I, I was, all right. So the, I was, um, uh, talking about a property today, a three bedroom, one bath was $78,000 that we're about to list. And the property taxes for this house was $238 a year. Now that's on a non, that's on a homestead rate. Right, right, so, right. So on a non-homestead rate for right. an investor would be double that. So 500 bucks. Oh, know? wow. I mean, that's, that's, that, that's super affordable. What is that, like 0.8% or something like that? If that. I mean, is, okay, is that, is that, the is highest that, in our market is 1%. And that's, wow. in, that's in the most, you know, in essence, the most expensive market. Oh, wow. Um, so, so typically it's going to be about 0.5%. That is crazy. Is that, is that, have you looked into that as in, is that some of the lowest in the country? 49th. 49th. <laughs> Who, who's 50th? Like who does even lower than this? Our, our stepsister Mississippi next Oh, year. really? <laughs> wow. God dang. That you is know, crazy low. <laughs> we, we don't want to be last, but we'll take next to last. <laughs> wow. That is, that's a, that is amazing. Got it. Yeah. And so yeah. you've clearly have, have grown your business significant. Can you share whatever you can share related to production? Like, um, maybe over the last, maybe let's say three years ago and versus what it was last year and this year. And, and then, so I'll ask that question first uh, in terms of production and then love to see how you actually scaled and and decided to scale. Yeah, sure. Um, so each of the last three years we've closed, uh, at least 400 homes each year. Um, last year we closed 405. I think this year we're on track for 450 to 500 range. Um, you know, COVID, kind of, you know, mess with us like everybody else. But, um, you know, we've been on a, uh, we made a plan at the end of last year to be on a, uh, a growth trajectory and a, and a strategic plan to get to a thousand homes. So we've been adding agents and, and growing our marketing and, and, and getting our systems and processes better and bringing on more support, more quality support, those kind of things. Um, you know, I'd say that, uh, I mean, we're the number one team in our market since 2012. Um, we're number one, according to Real Trends, which is a, um, a real estate uh, platform um, that is recognized as pretty much the leader in rankings. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as um, again, our game plan is to get to a thousand. So, you know, we've got we've got some excellent folks on our team. That, that that are just you know hard workers and you know one of our main goals is customer service and just to give a great experience um yeah i think you know especially if you're you're, you're thinking like uh, from an investor standpoint to say where you're at um you know it's not like you can fly over here and go look at houses i mean you can make it you know a couple of day trip but i mean right. realistically sometimes our market's quick you know it's it's so quick that you've got to make an offer super fast. So, right. you know, we're pretty tech friendly where if we've got folks that are interested, we'll go do a FaceTime, we'll go do a video tour for, you know, our clients. And, um, you know, we've got, we've got listing coordinators, we've got closing coordinators. So our goal is just to make the whole process as stressless and easy as possible. 
And I think that's probably our biggest difference. We've got a phenomenal support team um, mm-hmm. that has made my life and our clients' lives so much better. So, when did um, you make the very first hire? Like, how many years were you in? And yeah, and yeah. what was what was that decision making like? Of why then? That was probably my most difficult decision. I think. Um, wow. uh, two thousand. See, mid 2010 is when I hired my first part-time assistant. And, um, and so, you know, I was just busy and things were slipping through the cracks and I didn't want things to slip through the cracks. So, you know, um, I I brought on somebody to help with all that. So, you know, my, my first hire was the first, you know, part-time assistant. Then that grew into a full-time position. Then I started building team members, you know, because we had, you know, excess of leads, thank God. And, um, you know, and then it just kind of kept growing from there. Um, you know, we got recognized as best realtor in this town. And, you know, we, we just luckily we're getting recognized and awards and, and we weren't afraid to spend and, and invest in marketing. And so, like now, you know, we're on the radio. Um, we've got 26 different lead sources. We're, you know, pretty much all over Google and, and uh, Facebook and We've got endorsements from Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank and uh, Sean Hannity with wow. Fox News. And, and we're one of Dave Ramsey's top um, ELPs in the country. And, um, you know, so we're kind of like a, a big market. I mean, like we do more marketing than most bro- brokerages in our town. Right. I mean, just our team does more marketing. I would say our ad spend from a team standpoint spends more than the largest brokerage in our market. And uh, so we get a lot of quality leads and, um, and there's just significant growth opportunity for, for where we're going and, and, and the people that partner with us. You say your target is, is a thousand and you're at, you know, four or 500 around there. Um, based off of current project trajectories, like when do you think you'll hit it? Like next year in a couple of years, um, like- two years. That's amazing. You know, two years, like we we've got, we just brought on a chief marketing officer. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, my wife. Uh, <laughs> nice. So um, a very smart hire. <laughs> the, the smartest. And um, so we're really excited about that because she's, I mean, she's ran social media for um, um, BBVA Compass, which is a huge. Oh bank. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, like she, she's like developed um, social media things for like Kevin Durant and James Harden as far as BBVA packaging, and so she comes oh, from a wealth wow. of knowledge just from that standpoint, but then she's also worked with um, as a digital marketing um, manager for UAB Health System, which is the largest um, uh, company in our market. So she brings a wealth of knowledge. So people in our market that, that you know, they know that we're like the premier marketing, you know, okay. real estate team in our market. Nice. It just got way better, <laughs> way better. So um, really excited about that. But, you know, I'm thinking a couple of years, um, right. you know, it's when you're running a team, you know, people are always going through different stages of life. Right. And, you know, like recently we've had, we had somebody that has moved into the mortgage business. And so it's kind of stepped back from the team and we've, we've got somebody that's about to move out of the area. Um, And so, you know, you're constantly trying to, you know, get people to where they want to go, but you've also got to groom a a bench for, you know, your next, you know, folks, you know, next opportunities. So we're, we're, you know, interview all the time. We're looking at, we bring on people on a monthly basis and um, you know, we know that we've got, Based on our numbers, our folks do a minimum of 24 units a year. 
So, you know, taking that number, we're looking at, you know, anywhere from, you know, 30, 34 to 40 agents to hit that thousand mark. Got it. And you did mention you're, you've been really good over the last decade plus of in the business of kind of thinking ahead and at least trying new things. Some yeah. may not work, but many end up working. Yeah. Were there anything, especially when the shelter in place first happened, at least this year, that you've added that you are now as part of the 26 funnels? Like anything new or maybe the newest kind of modality that you've tried? Okay. We hadn't done anything different because we've always been one step ahead. So COVID coming has just allowed things that we've already been doing. Um, we've just had better adoption. Mm. So, you know, like, like Matterport virtual tours, we, we were the first people to have that in Birmingham in mm. 2015. So, you know, um, I mean, now there's people that are just talking about that. Well, right. I mean, that was five years ago for us. Right. Um, you know, they're doing FaceTime with people. I mean, we, we've been selling houses sight unseen for years because of different scenarios. So, you know, we've either gone in and, and done a FaceTime or we've done a Zoom or we've done, you know, go in and take pictures. And, and, and then we've done digital signatures with DocuSign since like, oh, probably 2012. <laughs> right. You know, so we've I mean, we've just been we've always been willing to know where the business is going and be in there. So when something like COVID hit. It was just another day for us um, on how to work the business. And, you know, for a lot of people, it was just like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? It wasn't it, it didn't hurt us at all. Um, you know, the, the where it hurt us um, was people getting furloughed. Right. That were under contract, people getting laid off. But as far as a technology standpoint, you know, it's you know, we didn't add anything differently. I mean, our, our sales meetings are on Zoom now instead of in person. Um, and we're still, you know, do most of our stuff online because I mean, why risk it at this point? Yeah. So is there, um, the, uh, I forgot my question now. The question was, oh, uh, I forgot it now. <laughs> I'll come back to it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really incredible to see the growth and the, the changes, especially as you kind of scale up. Oh, my question was. Do you also incorporate other businesses into it? I know as people grow their teams, you, you do real estate, but some incorporate like a, a lending arm, some do title. Like, is that a plan at all? Or is that just completely different? You don't really want to touch it. Um, like mortgage, like lending as well as yeah, part of the business, or is that not? Know, I mean, you know, there's people that do that and they do it well. And, you know, I've got, I've got a lot of runway with real estate. I've got a lot of market share to grow into and and I'm damn good at real estate. I'm not damn good at mortgages, uh, you know? So, yeah. and, and, and I think that when you start, when you start going in all these different directions, yes, you're looking for different revenue opportunities, right. but you're also, you know, are you going to be great at everything? Are you going to be good at everything? Are you going to be great at one thing? You know, you've right. got to just make that decision for yourself and, you know, I mean, quite frankly, if I started a title company, it wouldn't be the best title company that's out there. Right. Uh, if I started a mortgage company, it probably wouldn't be the best mortgage company out there. What I can tell you is I've got the best real estate team out there and and it, definitely in our market. And so I can control that. It'd be hard for me to control the other revenue opportunities. Now, granted, what I can't, you know, partnering with EXP, like I had an independent brokerage. We had a 
I had a, a brokerage called Brick Realty for mm-hmm. four years, four and a half years. We grew it to be in the number three uh, brokerage in our market as far as units sold, number four in volume. And last year, about this time, we, we merged with EXP mm-hmm. because we saw, um, you know, a more significant impact and where the where the business was going and, you know, things being more cloud based and uh, it just gave more opportunities for all of my folks. And, um, you know, now I'm still in the real estate world. I'm investing in our future with like stocks and then we've got revenue share. So I'm attracting agents and and helping coach and mentor. So, you know, quite frankly, you know, it it might be a strategy that other people need, but it's, it's um, other people like my mentality is like, if you're going to do it, do it the best that's possible. And if you're not, don't do it. No, very good. I think we'll leave it at that. That's I think that's a model for everybody. So thank you so much for all the wisdoms and, and and obviously congratulations on the current success. I think once you hit the four digit number, that's just a crazy number because it's just mind boggling. Like that's the crazy part about anything that's outside of the Bay Area, right? Like that's just a mind boggling amount of transactions yeah. uh, that yeah. anyone would do. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, I, I'll tell you, like I thought it was mind boggling, like right. just to think about it, right? until I saw other friends doing it. Right. And then when you see that, Hey, it can be done. Then you're like, all right, well, can I do that? And, right. and so it, I mean, it just got my juices flowing. Like, Hey, you know, if, if this person can do it, well, heck, why can't I? Right. And, um, and so, and that's been part of it. Like, um, you know, when you, when you want something so bad, you're going to do, um, you know, the things to, to get that, uh, get to where you want to go. And so, you know, a thousand units, it doesn't seem crazy to me. It might seem crazy to a lot of people, but it doesn't seem crazy to me. It's just, you know, going to, you know, the hardest part was getting, going to a hundred, you know, yeah, the easy part was going 250 to, to 450. That was easy, way easier yeah. than zero to 100. So I think what you're going to find is, that, you know, being able to scale it, it's, it's not going to be as difficult as people think. It's just getting to that 100 mark. That is interesting. That's how I feel right now. I mean, based on our conversations, uh, uh, I think you're you're making a, a good uh, good headway and doing very well. So uh, kudos to you. Thank you so much. So, how can people get a hold of you? Is it they get a hold of you direct? Is it they get, they can find you through a team website? Like, what's yep. how do people get in touch? Yeah, great. Um, com. Um, you can, uh, reach out to us there. Um, I mean, you can Google Gusty Goulas. I mean, my, my cell number is blasted everywhere. Uh, our office number is blasted everywhere. So, you know, if you've got folks that are considering, um, you know, investing in our market, we'd love to have a conversation and, and talk about, you know, being one of their, you know, wealth growth partners and we can show them opportunities that, that, we believe not only will help them from a cash flow basis, but a um, uh, you know a, a, an escalation in their pricing and, and of an asset. So we'd love to have those conversations if you've got anybody over there. And you know, once again, thank you so much for the invite. And uh, I hope this has been uh, you know a benefit to the people that are watching and for you. No, thank you so much. Yeah, a lot of people don't know. I mean, they they kind of know of Alabama mainly because yeah. of the football side, right? Football but um, but um, at the same time, it's it's been such a well-kept secret. Yeah. You've got the, um, you know, I mean, see, so you got your, your football, right. uh, you know, you got your, uh, you know, Alabama, uh, you know, Prince. So, yeah, I mean, we're serious down here with our football. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know that from just watching on TV. But I think it, it has been a, a very well-kept secret for a lot of people. And, and 
a lot of people don't know like automotives have basically all have plants there and you're right the, it's an ecosystem because once they the big guys have plants then all the suppliers want to be near them and you know they're all moving from wherever they're moving from so it's just a really big um effect that is it just it just from a real estate perspective just makes it incredible so but not a lot of people know it and it's great to hear about it and it's crazy to hear the tax amount that's just uh, that's right. just insane that's just insane of how low it is um yeah. but you just mentioned it is a 49th out of 50th of the lowest yeah. in in the us so there's that well thank you so much for all of your insights and thank you everyone else for tuning in i will see you at the next one bye now thank you so much for making it to the very end of my podcast if you are tired of renting in the bay area are a homeowner looking to do a trade-up for a bigger home or are a real estate investor i would love to connect click on the calendarly link and let's set up a time to talk. It's never too early to talk about options and to work out a game plan. I also do have an email newsletter, so sign up on the link in the show notes, or you're welcome to watch all of my content on YouTube. See you at the next one.